the copyrighted program created for the Rio Grande Oil Company. Every police car of speech taps you the silence is used in the dramatic advertisement of Rio Grande Cat Gatling. There is every police ambulance speeding on its errand of murder. Every fire engine, the girls' car. Every police motorcycle that patrols the road. There are thousands of such emergency cars in the territory where Rio Grande Cat Gatling is sold. And more of them use Rio Grande Cat than any other gasoline. What greater proof can you ask? that this gasoline is served all others. The gasoline selected for emergency cars operated in cities of Los Angeles, Oakland, Berkeley, and others, and by the county of San Diego, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many others, is chosen in competitive press. Rio Grande has won these press because it is the only gasoline available in the far west that is made by the patented Sinclair tracking process, the most advanced refining method known to the petroleum industry. The Rio Grande's new tracking plant, the finest in America, your gasoline goes through a costly extra tractor that changes all the weak, slow-burning, lazy units into rich, vital elements. And when you buy Rio Grande tracked gasoline from your neighborhood independent dealer, you get the same gasoline that is used by more emergency engines than any other gasoline. And in addition, Rio Grande offers free gifts to every boy and girl. Drive in tonight, or tomorrow sure. Wherever Rio Grande Cat Gasoline is sold, ask for your free copy of the Calling All Car News and read how your youngsters may have a complete junior detective outlet free of charge. And now it is our pleasure to present Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. As you sit quietly back in your chair, listening to this broadcast, perhaps you will believe it is incredible that several persons can conspire together to commit crime which may result, and in this case did result, in cold-blooded murder. Few citizens realize that walking abroad in our community are vicious individuals whose criminal tendencies are so great that they can conspire together in a single act of violence. But this story we bring you tonight is one which proves conclusively that definite criminal types are dangerous and altogether unfit to associate with civilized society as we know it. I wish to call particular attention to those missing in tonight to the splendid work done by the police officers in hanging from the group of conspirators and would-be murderers to serve this is the truth concerning one of the most barbarous killings in police annals. This splendid piece of detective work was done without resorting to the antiquated so-called third degree. The psychology used by the police officers in this story to break down the resistance of these clever criminals is particularly noteworthy. Now for the story. Poor as it is, that Mrs. Mudge. 
And what brings you out so early? I want to buy the food in the house, and the kids are hungry. I've got to go down to the relief headquarters and see if I can get them something to eat. Oh, and it's a fine space of world in him. Don't you think like us? I could be begging the government itself for a crust of bread. No, I don't know what the world's coming to. I was just saying to Mrs. Watson the other oh, day. Oh, Mrs. Watson, I was speaking. Then maybe you can tell me what our fine landlady has been taking of self. And me with a plumbing in the taste on bed and not able to find hide nor head of her these three days. Now that's strange. I haven't seen her for several days myself. I'm just on my way to her apartment to find out where I can't get me some service in this place. Will you come along? Mm, very well. I want to speak to her myself. You don't suppose she's run off and got herself married to that Mr. Redding from across the street, do you? Oh, no. She's too old and settled for that. When a woman's past 60, she isn't thinking about crazy things. Oh, maybe not. Of course, <laughs> I was past 60. <laughs> I ain't well into my 40s yet. But that Mr. Redding don't look so bad to me. He'd be a fine husband for a little woman who understood him and could do for him like I could, if you get what I mean. Mrs. McManus, you surprised me. Well, I'm only human after all. And I never could understand what Mr. Redding sees in that old Mrs. Watson. Who's really? Oh, not her, she won't. She was just as the devil himself is wicked. Knock on the door, Mrs. Mudd. I'm not loud enough to raise the door. Surely she ought to hear that. She ought if she wants to. Hey, do you suppose? Oh, of course not. I'm going to peek through the keyhole. Oh, I wouldn't do that, Mrs. McMahon, if it ain't polite. No, what of it? No, Clemmy needs fiction, and I'm going to tell her about it no matter how I do it. Now, just nail down here. Oh. Don't be plaguing me again. Do you see anything? Mrs. Mudd. Mrs. Mudd? Yes, what is it? The room's a wreck. If the devil himself has been up to three, then you'll be too and see what's going on. Not me. Not me. That's a problem. Oh, Jenny, Jenny, it didn't take you long to get here. Yeah, I just we got the call as quickly as you did. What does it look like? Murder. As you see, the old lady was beaten with a blunt instrument, bound and gagged and rolled in the blanket. Well, clear out these people, Let's get out and I'll go over the place. Yes, sir. All right, folks. You all have to get outside. Yes, sir. 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 Yes, Yeah, huh? Right. Obviously, the motive is robbery. The way this place has been torn apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the business is wondering if there's something in particular. Hey, look here. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's finger on the bedside. Well, when the children man will take care of that when he gets here. And well, now we've got to round up these movies and find out what they know about this. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I'm sure it's no time to have a piece of liquor in the house. I'm interested in that, Mr. I don't think that's happening. Mr. McNulty. Mr. McNulty. And what is it you want to be talking to me about? What's your hat, Mr. McNulty? Mr. Hilton, can I bring a poor innocent law-abiding citizen to open the police? According to the information we've received, you offered some money to help rob an old woman. Yeah, what is it? I want to have a little talk with you. 
About what? A murder. That's in police headquarters. A murder? Well, I don't know nothing about no murder. Well, that's just fine. And you won't mind coming along with it. We want you to meet a friend of ours. Well, well, I'm keen. I don't know nothing. Well, we're glad to hear that. Come along. Car's waiting outside. <laughs> Get out. Hey, what's the idea? Where are you taking me? We'll see soon enough. I'm taking you to visit an old friend of yours. Yeah, well, I don't know anybody out in the center town. Well, we'll see about that. Very long, and I see you in that domain. Hello, Indian. How are you tonight? Uh, who is this drunken old fool? Come on, come on, come on. No, no. Sit down. Is the man with it, Miss Melvin? Oh, then it is not double. Take the black heart, gentlemen. What kind of a frame of this is? Shut up and listen. Go ahead, Jim, and tell Black here what you told us an hour ago. Oh, not the doctor. Uh, uh, listen to me, I'll do my buckle. It's a nine hours of what I say. You're a doctor. Oh, look, you can't Black. Oh, all right, now, quiet down. 
Well, it's not near there, nowhere here. To make a person, you have to raise the place to get our name. Oh, Kevin, no, no way. Very well, then, be quiet, and we'll cause you no trouble. Oh, what do you want? I want the name of the man in room 15. Mr. Jefferson has that room. Is he in now? No, he went out half an hour ago. When do you expect he'll be back? Well, it's hard to tell. Sometimes he's away for a couple of days, and sometimes for just a few minutes. Have you got any rooms vacant next to him? No, but there's an empty room across the hall. Well, take it. But I don't want no trouble. Well, Tom, won't be any trouble. Just you keep your mouth shut. The only way there'll be any trouble is if you tip them off that we're here. For 24 long hours, the two detectives sit in the little room, smoking endless cigarettes, taking turns, watching through the keyhole for anyone ever in Jefferson's room across the hall. No one comes that afternoon, that night, nor the next morning, but finally at noon on the second day, come on. Yeah, probably got all taken down the hall. He's walking around all night. Come on, let's take him. Take him up, Jefferson. What is it? Up by Houston, Harry. Who are you, guys? What is it? A house? No, an arrest. We're police officers. An arrest? What for? I ain't done nothing. What's the big idea? There's a friend of yours down at headquarters that wants to see you. Come on. I think I need to introduce you two. You haven't made a mistake. This is your old friend Jefferson, isn't it, Black? Yeah, that's the guy. What is this, a frame-up? I never saw this mug in my life before. Oh? Sit down, Black. Tell Mr. Jefferson here what you told me up in the cell. Well, there was four of us in the deal. Jefferson here, me, Bud Sampson, and Betty Martin. He was planning to rob an old woman who lived next door to Betty's room. And that joint over on Maple Street. I found a Betty said she had five grand hidden in her sink. He was going to use cash back if I think it's a hard print. He had a card. He was going to use a card. You Yeah, what of it? Under arrest. What for? The station of murder. Lady that kept five grand a lot of jewelry in a trunk in her room. 
kind of pretty good to me, so that took me on to Mrs. Green. Who was this woman? Betty Martin, yeah. Oh, yes, you double Oh, Betty, don't do that, way. This is the best way out. I, I didn't bump your woman, and you didn't need her. I don't like informers. Well, Samson, what else? Well, this old lady lived next to Betty's apartment. We met in there and talked about it and decided we'd need a screwdriver to force it in the trunk and things, and we'd need some strong wire to tie up Ms. Watson. You never meant to bump her off. That you do, have you? No, sir, I didn't. Well, we finally decided that maybe there wasn't any dough in the room because we'd been watching through the keyhole. At least I decided it was a bum steer, and I pulled out of the whole thing. That's all I got to say. How about that, Bryce? You stand from getting the truth? Yeah. What have you got to add? Well, not much. After I talked to Samson about the job, I ran into Jefferson oh, Hill. Really sit down, sit down, Jefferson. Go ahead, boss. Well, we'd known each other in Oklahoma, and when Jefferson told me he was out of work, I figured soon he was an old friend that cut him in on a good thing. He went along with me to Benny's room, and he was present when we talked over plans. Jefferson got the power tool and the package for our fingers. And we started to argue about whether Mrs. Watson really did have any money. I was sick in bed with the flu, and the next thing I knew, I read in the papers of the old donor in bumps. I didn't do it. I was never nearer than Betty Martin's apartment. How about it, Miss Martin? What have you got to add? Just this. I say it's a lie. A deliberate frame-up by a couple of double-talking rats that ain't fit to sit on. And let's hear it. For two days, the questioning goes on. Relentlessly, the officers seek to break down the stories, the admissions and denials of the suspect. Towards the end of the second day of questioning. I'm getting a little tired of this merry-go-round. So are we. Why don't you let us go? We ain't children. No, boys, I think Jefferson's right. We're holding these people for no purpose. Certainly, I'm convinced that Jefferson's innocent. Hmm? And Jefferson's innocent. Hmm? And you're right at that, Jeff. And Jefferson, I want to apologize to you for keeping you here these two days. Oh, that's all right, Captain Ward. We have to do these things sometimes to assure ourselves of the innocence of a suspect. Sure, I understand. Uh, you say, Janet? Sure. Put her there. Oh, oh. What's the matter? You hurt my hand. That's just what I meant to do. Now sit down there, Jefferson, and start coming soon. For two days, you've been sitting here stretching your right cheek until you've stretched all the skin away. You're nervous, Jefferson. You're holding something back. And something else which has escaped the notice of the rest of my fellow officers here is that right hand of yours. It's so stolen. How did you hurt your hand, Jefferson? Why? Now, don't tell us you were fixing the plumbing. We've already eliminated one suspect on that story. Come clean, Jefferson. Sampson, Dodd, and Miss Martin have convinced me that they are innocent of the actual murder. And you have convinced me by your nervousness that you have greater knowledge of it. Jefferson, you killed Mrs. Watson. Isn't that the truth? Okay. You got me. I did it. Start talking. I got tired of them sitting around doing nothing. So that day I got trucked in a pint of cheap gin. And I took the tire tool and went over to Mrs. Watson. When she came to the door, I banged over the head. And then I tied her up and threw her on the bed. And then I took the joint like Grant took with me. Did you find anything? No, not a time. I'm hardly there with Jeffrey Jefferson. There's just one thing I want you both to know. I never miss it, sir. I just wanted to put her to sleep so I could get the five grand the Martin band said was here. I didn't mean to kill her. I swear I didn't. I just kept it easy. You just don't know your own strength, do you, Jefferson? 